Happy Monday evening, everybody. Uh, we're, we have a legal update for you. I, uh, let's see, I was in, I did five events in three states in less than 30 hours. You're turning into Charlie. Yeah, I uh, know. And, and then he went on from uh, Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, to Chicago the same day. Uh, but I had to be back for this, this morning, 9.45. We had a court hearing, actually at 10 a.m. We had a court hearing. They had a little bit of trouble with the live stream feed. Mm-hmm. Then we took a pause, and then they recalibrated, came back, and then it was broadcast live. I know a number of you tuned in to listen, and you're concerned about the ruling of the judge, and you want to know what it means and all that stuff. So we're going to give you uh, a, a complete update on all of it. Uh, but instead of me fumbling through the legalese of all of it, we have as our guest tonight Robert Tyler, who is our, our attorney. And he and Netta Higuera, uh, and also Papillon, I want to say Boyd, I forgot her last name. I feel terrible. Uh, but, but they are our legal team, and they did an amazing job today. Uh, yeah, on the surface, we lost, but we still won, and we'll cover that, and I'll explain it momentarily. Uh, but I wanted to tell you that this is my new energy <laughs> drink. It's called uh, Cotton Candy Bang. <laughs> <laughs> it no, competes I, against your eight shots and four yeah, no, splendas. That... <laughs> no, it, it, this isn't brought to you by Bang. I, I just found it in the refrigerator and fading a little bit, so... It's it really honestly it could choke a hummingbird. It's so sweet, and I, I can't. All right, uh, and we're also gonna uh, before I bring on uh, Bob Tyler. I, I don't know if you guys heard this in the news, but there has been a huge cyber attack that has hit hospitals nationwide. Uh, there is a, a hospital um, company that is a Fortune 500 company, Universal Health Services. And they operate more than 400 hospitals across the country. And they've been hit with a cyber attack where it's, it's completely shut down their ability to pull up patients' records. It's, it's life-threatening. There's, there's 90,000 employees in the Universal Health Services Incorporated. And it seems as though, with the exception of local news outlets, it's not being covered heavily. Uh, and this is a complete cyber attack. And it's hit a number of hospitals in California uh, affected hospitals including Corona Regional Medical Center, Temecula Valley Hospital, Rancho Springs Medical Center, Inland Valley Medical Center. It hasn't hit anything here in Ventura County, but it goes right after the records. And some of the things that we were arguing uh, today in court is the fact that we really want to go before the judge to be able to dig into the information. And we wanted to pose uh, Dr. Uh, Robert Dr. Levin. Levin. Uh, and, and that's, we've had some difficulty, but I'm not going to go there uh, right now. <clears throat> I want to bring in our guest and he, he finished uh, here in Ventura County, had to head south to his home and just arrived back. Traffic was a little heavy, but he is here waiting to speak with us. And so please welcome our attorney, Robert Tyler. Hey, buddy. Howdy. Long time no see. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. You, you, you look the same. <laughs> I have the same shirt on. Yeah, you do. I actually changed my shirt and uh, and I, I took a nap and I feel very good. In that shirt? Not in this shirt. My, that shirt was wrinkled. <laughs> so um, I, I, we finished the, the court case and, and at least today, uh, the, the court hearing. I want you to fill everyone in on what took place. Um, and then I want to go uh, later and, and address the article from Kathleen Wilson who was one of the three reporters there. Uh, we had the Citizens Journal with Michael Hernandez. We had Becca Whitnall with the Acorn. We had Kathleen Wilson with the Ventura County Star. And she took copious notes, and, and we waited afterwards to interview with her. And I read this article, Bob, and there isn't a single quote from either of us. I'm, I'm baffled by that. Uh, and I, 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 Kathleen's a nice lady. I just don't understand why you would interview someone and not use a quote if it, maybe you can help me with that. Um, and then maybe share with everyone some of the quotes we had, but go through the case. We'll come back to that. And it, b- before we do that, one last thing, you can explain to everyone why Netta was the one speaking to the judge today and why you decided that if you want to, but I just want to tell you, your team was amazing. Netta nailed it. I was so honored uh, to have you guys representing and defending us. Uh, Bob, you are a gift from the Lord, and I I want everyone who's viewing to understand just 
you know, uh, Faith and Freedom, the organization that you're a part of, has been such a blessing to us. And we're not your only clients. You're doing this up and down the state. And I don't see you in the news because you don't go for the cameras. Um, I've never, there's never been once you've asked me for a dime. You're, you're not a media hound. This isn't, this isn't to you a, an advancement to the top of the food chain. This is a passion for you and it's a calling from the Lord. And I have been with you in the trenches for well over 10 years. And I, I can say, I know your character. You are such a gift from the Lord to all of us. And I want everyone who's viewing this to understand that. You're the real deal. And I, I, you bless me and thank you. <laughs> wow, thanks for saying that. That's because it, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been, an, it's been an honor and a pleasure to represent your church for so many years now. Um, and, you know, like your congregation knows, they're blessed to have uh, leadership that is willing to uh, do what God's called, call, called the church to do, and that's to take a stand on, on what others deem to be controversial, we just deem to be biblical, you know. Um, and, and the importance of uh, leading your flock is... I just think so many pastors today have, have, have gotten lost with regard to, you know, the gospel that they're teaching. Um, there's, uh, there's so much more than just love and grace that uh, I, I think there's great civic responsibility that God calls us to. And thank you for doing what you guys do. Um, I, 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 you're sweet. Uh, you, you don't like compliments, so you don't receive them, and then you pass them back to me. And I, that's that's your character. Hey, well, I, I want to begin. Uh, you can go through the case, but you can explain it from from this this perspective. We come out of the courtroom, and my phone rings, and it's my wife. And she had been listening in, and she heard that you know she figured out we'd lost, and she says, "So does this mean you're going to jail?" And I said. <laughs> Bob, can you come over and take this call? And you, yeah. you were masterful in, in uh, you know, usaging Michelle's concerns. And she wasn't frightened. She just wanted to know what it meant. I mean, she's, she's tough yeah. as nails. Uh, and, you know, and, and she just wanted to know if she had to make my side of the bed. That's all. Uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. I mean, but could you, it, it, as, as wonderfully as you explained it to Michelle, can you let everyone viewing know what happened today? Sure. Um, so, I mean, the, the easiest way to say that uh, what happened today just simply extends what's been going on for the last three to four weeks. There's an order. Uh, it was a, an order issued uh, not by this judge, but it was a temporary restraining order issued by a previous judge. And um, that uh, after the temporary restraining order was issued, uh, we had a we had a hearing on a contempt motion that was brought by the county. And that uh, went in front of Judge O'Neill, who we now have. Now, Judge O'Neill, uh, I don't think he necessarily felt real comfortable or, or desiring to even issue a uh, sanctions against the church or to try to put you in jail. No. Um, you know, basically, when, when the county sought contempt charges because the because the church continued to operate, it was the judge's option to, to fine you, potentially put you in jail, uh, or other, even members of the congregation. They, they could have uh, ordered uh, you know, the sheriff to come in and haul away everybody that comes to church. I love to see the fact that so many people came to church <laughs> in spite of that. Yeah, amen. Um, and so, uh, but as we see, after that, hearing on the contempt of uh, the judge issued uh, an order that you would have to pay or that the church would have to pay $3,000 thereafter nothing happened right the, the the county seemed to back down and decide maybe they really don't want this fight maybe they don't want to try to come and put you in in jail you know I think part of it uh, is the fact that you know at that contempt trial uh we really focused and showed how hypocritical the county was. Remember, and I asked that the message get sent out 
about how hypocritical they were when when they came sitting in, in a vehicle, you had two individuals not from the same family sitting in a vehicle for six hours, almost shoulder to shoulder with no masks on. And, and we were able to get that, that information out. You know, unfortunately, there was a lot of media there. And I don't think anybody actually even reported the hypocrisy, uh, which I really had hoped they would have. Me too. I, we got I, don't, I don't understand why they didn't do that. And like I said, Kathleen Wilson's a nice lady, and she heard that. Why didn't they report the hypocrisy of that within their own county? Yeah. I mean, that was, that's really what the entire contempt hearing was about from our perspective, yep. was to show the hypocrisy. And they have this cohort, and if they've got a cohort and they're allowed to be able to, uh, and, and they're really not, you know, they, they, they're not legally allowed to do that. Legally, they're supposed to be sitting there in masks, and, um, you know, it's the pot calling the kettle black. But uh, after that, the county almost went dark. They went silent. Um, they didn't take any further enforcement actions. There was this hearing today that we had on calendar. And that was whenever you have a temporary restraining order, uh, there will be a hearing on a preliminary injunction thereafter to decide whether or not uh, a preliminary injunction should be issued by the court uh, pending a trial. And, and so basically the judge today extended the temporary restraining order and just extended it to the date of trial. And, you know, unless the county comes in and seeks to engage in some further enforcement action, uh, <clears throat> things are going to go on status quo uh, with the church. You've said that we're going to, the church is going to keep meeting on Sundays and, and you're going to go about business as normal. And uh, at this point in time, we'll, uh, we'll see. I don't think the county's going to come out because if they do, I think it's really going to, it's going to make them look bad. I don't think that the politicians at this point want to come and, and cause you to be sanctioned any further or to put you to try to get you put in jail. I mean, ima imagine that. Imagine the national headlines that would, that would come as a result of that. Bob, you, you, have, a, you have a private practice, and you don't, you don't make a living doing everything pro bono. Is this correct? <laughs> when you do things for free, you don't make a living. Yeah, uh, uh, it's a math problem. <laughs> my, my, my yeah, no, we have a private practice, uh, and we have lawyers in our firm. Uh, we have about uh, ten lawyers. Uh, we are, you know, we, we, we do a lot of work for uh, businesses and uh, mostly for churches, though, frankly. And we do a lot of business, corporate, real estate work. That's how we make a living, but. Um, at the same time, we have, uh, we right now have uh, three uh, full-time attorneys working in the nonprofit uh, that we recently were able to get funded by, by some very special donors. And, uh, but I myself, no, I, I don't get paid anything in doing the work through the nonprofit. My, my point in, in stating the obvious is that you, you have the county uh, moved by three supervisors to take government funds, taxpayer funds, to seek an emergency temporary restraining order and, and, and to come after a church that has been open since April without one case of COVID and they keep seeking the extension of this restraining order, paying for their attorney to come forward, delaying our justice and as we're paying our tax dollars to, to fund the county so they can use that money to come after us in a violation of our First Amendment rights, then the more they extend it, we have to pay, meaning you're not doing this for free. And yes, there's people who've donated to your, your, your nonprofit, but, and so have we as a, as a fellowship and have others. But that's, that's money. And, and, and they're using our tax dollars to directly go after our First Amendment rights. Mm -hmm. And th this is what government is not supposed to do. They swear to defend our rights when they swear to defend the Constitution. And, and I was burdened by the fact that the judge is allowing the county to overstep its bounds. And the press that's, that's entwined in that same First Amendment won't even 
report on the hypocrisy, with the exception of Citizens Journal and uh, the, the Conejo Guardian. I, I don't know that the Acorn has, but they, Kathleen Wilson certainly hasn't. And they're not reporting, and yet they're still using their First Amendment rights and, and not defending ours. And, and they're not, I mean, the, 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 the case that Netta put forward was, was so evident of the abuse of government power. And Judge O'Neill's a nice man, far more reasonable than the previous judge who was political and predictive, almost handpicked for that. And Judge O'Neill retires October 31st. And you got two options when you're retiring. Fade off in, in, in quiet, you know, excitement about a life that you've been looking forward to and have an umbrella drink on the beach somewhere in the world. Or take a stand for something that is very clearly a violation mm-hmm. and, and <clears throat> do it on behalf of the people instead of just continue to, to continuing to be a part of the bureaucracy of government infringing on the freedom of Americans. That, that was my take on it. Am I wrong? No. Um, you know, honestly, I hoped that, uh, that the judge would have <laughs> looked at this as an opportunity to say, you know, I'm going out. I'm going to go out in a bang. Um, uh, he didn't. And, you know, uh, let's, let's talk about the case a little bit, why, why he should legally have actually ruled in our favor. Now, let's just say, going into this, um, we didn't expect to actually win on the hearing on the preliminary injunction. And, you know, it's unfortunate, but I know the courts. Uh, We've seen what's been happening in other courts that we've been litigating in. We see the case with John MacArthur. And and there as well, you know, the preliminary injunction was was granted. And... um, you know, the, the circumstance is this, that when we presented our paperwork, we presented some fantastic expert witnesses, and we put them, we submitted them via declarations. Now, I asked the judge for live testimony. I wanted to put them on the stand. I actually, really what I wanted to do is I wanted to cross-examine Robert Levin, the health director <coughs> for the County of Ventura. also wanted to cross-examine the director of health over the state, uh, Mr. James Watt, a medical doctor there. And let's put them on the stand because the judge is granting a preliminary injunction, basically legally eliminating First Amendment liberties, stripping the church of liberty should the the church comply. And and this is happening across across the state, if not across the country, frankly. Now, the county, when they filed their opposition paperwork, they didn't submit any admissible expert witness testimony that, that was used to oppose what we presented. Now, let's talk about the testimony that we presented. In our expert testimony, we presented evidence as to why this pandemic is, is certainly not the pandemic it's made out to be in the media. Uh, we had a, a epidemiologist from Stanford. Now, Dr. J, I call him Dr. J, he's such a great guy. And, and Dr. J, what, what he did is he came and, and he talked some of the things uh, about the, the numbers and the statistics. And our experts effectively said, the way they're handling the pandemic today it, it is is unprecedented because this is not how you handle a pandemic. It, it, it's everything that you've been talking upon, talking about uh, on this broadcast for the last 170 days now, or I, I don't I, know. I, I we're at, we're numbers, at 180 tonight. We're at 180 tonight. You're the 180th broadcast. <laughs> so for 180 nights, you've presented so much information from different doctors talking about uh, the facts that, you know, who this, who this virus impacts. And we told the judge, look, we're not COVID deniers. We recognize there is, there is a virus that's out there, but it's not as dangerous as the media. You know, I was coming, 
coming home and I, and I see something pop up on my screen from CNN. One million dead from coronavirus. Really? One million dead from coronavirus? Across, probably across the world. I didn't get a chance to read it. But, you know, they market fear. And, 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 and what we were able to present to the judge is that there's no reason for this fear. We talk about the statistics, how it's one one hundredth of one uh, percent of individuals uh, who are generally healthy, I think was the number that um, are impacted by the coronavirus that might die. The odds are so small. Not that every life doesn't count. Wait, wait, wait. You, you, you said, I have to inter- interject this. You said when you presented that statistic, I love what you did. You said the, the chance of dying in a car accident yeah. in Ventura County is higher than dying from COVID. Are we going to shut down all the freeways? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. and so, you know, we presented such great testimony uh, with our expert witnesses through declarations and the county didn't present anything. Nothing. Yeah. It, and those, and, and those, judge, and those witnesses aren't free. They all work. They, it, they're expensive witnesses. Yeah. And, and they put the burden on us. We present it and they don't even acknowledge it. Yeah. 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 You know, the, uh, I I was going to say is the very end of the live stream, which is actually what the Venturi County star, which was one of the only ones that reported it said this, the judge said the right to practice religion should be carefully guided, but believes the County government's position forbidding indoor services to protect public health is the right one. And I'm listening. That was the very one of the last things on the stream that was said. I'm going, how did you get to come to that conclusion with no evidence on the other side? It was so I'm going to go to the basic question is, how do you get to the point where you can override the First Amendment? Is that he's just pushing the can down the road for this trial that's going to happen? I think you set it up for November 4th or 5th or something like that. November 9th. November 9th. Sorry. Yeah. November 9th is simply a date to set the trial. Oh. So it's not going to happen now. It's not going to happen while this judge is still on the bench because it's going to take us some time because, frankly, we're going after their smoking guns, I'm sure, all over the place. There's skeletons buried in the backyard of, of uh, county and statewide government. We're going we're gonna to go after them. We're going to find them. Yeah. But, but let me ask you this question. Did you hear any conviction in the judge's statements at the end did you hear any any conviction in his voice that what he was actually saying was the right thing to yeah. do and he really believed it. <clears throat> i i heard more about his retirement than i heard about his <clears throat> conviction <laughs> sorry <Yeah. laughs> he he commented if you were asking me what i did pick up is he commented genuinely and i believe from his heart the respectful nature of your legal team and the way that the church has operated through this and how respectful we have been to the court and to the county. Yeah. Yeah. He, that yeah. seems sincere and from his heart. But yeah. when you're saying with the decisions he made, if he was passionate about it, he almost felt as though he had to just do this so it goes away. If yeah. you were asking me, that was my, that's my yeah. opinion. Yeah. That and three bucks will get you a cup of coffee. But I, I agree. You know, I mean, this, like Judge Guasco, when we were in front of Judge Guasco, I mean, after the passionate arguments we had, and I'm sure you guys remember listening, and, and boy, and he was very respectful as well. Judge Guasco listened to everything, but he came out at the very end and he said, on a scale of something to this effect, on a scale well, of yeah, one, one to ten, ten yeah. in terms of the government's interest in preserving. No, no, know, no, 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 no. Yeah. The, 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 the health threat that the church poses to the, to the community on a scale of one to 10 is a 10. 10. Yeah. 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 (laughs) There you go. Yeah. And you know, and judge, judge O'Neill, um, you know, quite frankly, I like the man, uh, very, you know, I think he's an honorable man, but I do think that, uh, I don't think he really believes in his decision, but if, if he ruled in our favor, he would basically be the only judge, uh, probably nationwide to deny the county a preliminary injunction, deny a government agency a preliminary injunction on COVID-19. Now, 
here's the thing. We realize that. That's why going into this, we fully expected that this order is going to continue. That's, However, that, that, that's true. I just have to say, like with Netta, and I know that that's what we were expecting, but there was a part of me thinking of the way that folks have talked of Judge O'Neill's character and, and what I've heard from him and what I've experienced. I really, I really kind of felt in my heart of hearts that he had the, the ability and the willingness to do what I consider the right thing, even sure. though it, it would have thrust him into the limelight in a season in his life that he probably doesn't want that. I, I just, I, I really believe that he had the character to do that. You know, uh, when we were preparing on Friday uh, for the arguments today, uh, we, we go into every argument trying to win. Yeah. Yeah, we don't go in. I didn't go into this assuming, well, we're, you know, we're going to lose anyway. So let, let's put up, uh, you know, let's, let's enjoy our weekend. And that's not what we did. But what I did do is I thought, it, one of the questions you asked me in the very beginning, uh, talk about Netta and, and, and the fact that she, she's the one who argued the case. The reason why is, you know, I've been arguing as this, you know, this old white guy. Uh, on, on your behalf, and, and the county has this young female arguing on the county's behalf. Uh, just let me just put it in order. She's about, you know, in terms of our bar numbers, there have been uh, over a hundred thousand attorneys admitted uh, since the time I passed the bar, and when she passed the bar. <laughs> so there's there's a there's a quite a quite a, a difference, and so. I looked at it and I thought, you know, I don't want I don't want there to be the impression that here I am, this uh, old experienced lawyer bullying, uh, you know, a young female attorney. And and so uh, and I don't want to be a bully. I'm not that. But I did uh, feel that, you know, at times I, I don't want to see her get some benefit of the doubt or even in the media. I don't want it to be played as, you know, you know, who is the most uh you know, what group of people are the most despised in the media today, right? White, old males, middle-aged males, it's us. And so um, I asked Netta, I said, Netta, I really want you to argue this case. And uh, Netta uh, is Palestinian uh, in, in terms of her heritage. Her family is, uh, her parents uh, immigrated from Palestine. Uh, she is the youngest of, I forget how many, many, many girls. Um, she's, she was raised Muslim. She's now a Christian, loves the Lord, just, just wonderful young lady. And, and, and Netta's, um, you know, in her, I think she's 30 or 31. And so uh, I just thought that it would be best when arguing a case that uh, we're talking about religious liberty, and we're talking... Uh, <clears throat> under all of the conditions and circumstances, I thought it would be strategic to have Netta argue this case. And she just did a, you know, she, she hit it out of the park. She, she did a fantastic it. job. Yeah. Nailed it. She nailed it. She was, and she was more devastated than anyone yeah. at the judge's ruling. And, and I, I, I was sad for that. I, I wanted her to see it that, you know, God's still in control and she does, mm-hmm. but, but she, she, she operates in such a way as to win. She knows yeah. God is in the final outcome of it. She didn't leave. She left everything on the field. She played hard. But the one part is it's personal to her because she left, an, she left a nation and a, and, and a political system, Sharia law, in Islam, for the freedom of America. And she's watching as the citizenry is being forced to be muzzled and basically wear burqas. Yeah. And, and watching, she said, I never thought I would see in America churches being shut and worship being silenced. I, 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 and Netta, Netta herself was born here in California. She was raised here. But she was raised in a very traditional Muslim home. And one of the things that she said, and she's told me this before, I never thought I'd see the day when I'd have to, I'd be forced by law. To, to wear a mask over my face. I'd be forced to cover my face. Yeah. And for her coming out of that Muslim heritage, uh, it's, it's very uh, disappointing to her. And when we first, when, 
when COVID-19 first came out and the shutdown first came, Netta was the first one uh, with me uh, in our conversations to be very upset about what was happening and about the shutdown and about the infringement upon religious liberty. And I said, look, let's give it the two weeks they're talking about and let's see what happens. And then we'll decide what we're going to do after that. And, you know, two weeks into a month, and then we started saying, all right, now it's time to get the boxing gloves on, and, and we need to start doing something about this. Um, so, Netta, you know, whenever you argue a case especially, boy, uh, you, you, you know, you run to win. You don't get in the boxing ring to lose, although you know that you're, come, you're going up against a circumstance that <laughs> the odds are against you. Um, and, and it's disappointing, and it is. It's disappointing, especially when you are the one making the arguments because it is almost even more personal at that point in time. When, when, uh, did, when did you spring it on her that she was going to be the one presenting it? How, far, how before, and what was her reaction? I mean, that'd be pretty tough to be told, hey, you're going to be doing this today. And what was her <laughs> reaction, and how far in advance did you spring well, it, it on was, her? Well, it was uh, Friday morning, okay. so it wasn't like, yeah, I mean, she, oh, had, so all she had a little Friday time. And, yeah. And over the weekend, too, you know, it's and, and plus, Ned has been working on these cases uh, with us. So, you know, sometimes the decision as to who argues the case uh, comes down to the, you know, the day before if needed. Mm. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, it was really just a strategic decision to think, uh, you know, who's best going to be uh, heard? You know, is the is the media going to hear from her? And, and frankly, we had hoped that there would have been, I had hoped that there would have been uh, some of the media there, the statewide media that was uh, at the last hearing. But uh, I, I personally think, Bob, that <clears throat> the narrative is so radically changing. I mean, I was, I was in, uh, I was in Spokane, Washington, in the airport, and everybody is in violation of the mask ordinance. Nobody, it's, it's almost like the Wild West. They're, everyone's done with it. That's Washington. Yeah. I was in Boise, the same thing. I was in Arizona, the same thing. I land here in California, and this, this oppression is lifting. And, and I think the media realizes it, and they do not want to feed it because it's contrary to the narrative. that, that, that I look at this as government malfeasance, and I see the media complicit with it. And when I say media, I mean the main sources that we go to. The, the peripheral media that is digging in and people now are going there for their, their, their information and avoiding the, the narrative because they're complicit in the government malfeasance. And <clears throat> that brings me right back to the Ventura County Star article with Kathleen Wilson. Nice lady, pleasant, took copious notes, and not a thing we said to her went forward. Not one. Not one quote from you, not one quote from me. And, and those were compelling quotes that you gave and that I gave. And she didn't put one of them in there, just carried the narrative and backed away. And these numbers are not going to justify what they've done to our county. This is going to come out and there's going to be, I believe, a tsunami. And as I'm traveling the country, I'm seeing the angst and the frustration of the citizenry. Now you step outside of your echo chamber of, of your, what we call mainstream media, and, and in the general populace, they're done with it. This is, this is right. frustrating Americans. And I wish, yeah. I wish they would tell the story because the press is supposed to be the, the, the proclaimer and, and, the, and, and, and the ones that, that dig in deep for the truth. They're not to be complicit to a tyrannical government. They're to protect the people. Yeah, and little do they know, as you, you pointed out uh, to Kathleen, uh, the reporter today, and, and just as I pointed out to the reporters last time when we did that little press conference, was that this First Amendment that we are here to protect is protecting their right to report. We're entwined together in the First, first Amendment. And, and, if, and, and if our liberty under the First Amendment can be stripped away, it's the same test that applies to the media. It should have been that whether they have the right to report or not. And, and they, they don't, they just miss the fact that 
The free exercise of religion is actually the first liberty protected under the First Amendment. Freedom of press comes after that. I'd like to point out also, just in terms of where, where we go from here, because I think your congregation needs to hear. And, um, let's, let's, and do, those, let, let, let's do this. I want to put you on the full screen, and I want you to speak to the congregation where we go from here. Uh, it, it's fine for, for us to see each other, but I, I want you to speak to the congregation and comfort them in relation to this. So let's, can you, can we, can can you, you guys ask put it up? Micah to fix my wrinkles before you do the whole <laughs> No, 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 this is good. Can we do it, fellas? There we go. Well, church, um, I want to encourage you because this battle is, is it's not over. Uh, it's, not, it's nowhere clear. clear. It, it's nowhere close to being over. Uh, we have a long ways to go. And one of the things that, uh, or I should say many of the things that we have to do is we are going to get out our shovels and we're going to be, we're going to be digging up the dirt because we know there have to be those skeletons buried. There are emails, correspondence between the governor and, and the county, uh, internal correspondence within the governor's executive staff. Uh, there has to be lots of information out there that reflects upon the reality that this, this shutdown is political in nature. Frankly, I think, should we be able to get enough emails, we're going to find that this is even spiritual in nature. We're going to find that, that there are emails out there to silence the church and, and to harm our economy, frankly. I think that we're going to uncover enough information that uh, not only is it going to impact us, but it's probably going to impact the rest of the country. And so we are going to be taking depositions. Uh, we're going to take the deposition of uh, Dr. Levin, but we want, we want all of his records. We want to know what is the science that they're relying upon. We want to know who the scientists are that they relied upon to make their decisions. We want to know from the governor, what's the basis of this tiered system? And, and, and how about this? Why is there no color green at the bottom of his new tier system? You realize that under the tier system, the, the, the most a church will be able to open is at 50% capacity. And, and that's because he says there is no green and we'll never be able to get back to pre-pandemic normalcy. That was, those are his words at this press conference. And so we need to go after this information. We need to, we need to dig it up. It, it's going to take a lot of it's going to take a lot of effort, frankly. Yeah. We're going to be filing motions to compel, uh, compel these documents. We, we had that conversation with the judge today. We already demanded documents from Dr. Levin, and we already got the objections from the county saying we're not going to produce those documents. Jeez. Why? Because they don't want us to know. And, and so we have to dig and dig. And, and I believe that when we dig up this information and they're forced to produce the information, we're going to be able to find that uh, there was a lot of malfeasance on, and, and I would just say, uh, I hate to say it, but a conspiracy on the side of these government officials to keep things shut down when it simply was not necessary. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's where we're headed with this, and, and that's going to take a few months. It's, it's not a quick one. Um, and then thereafter, uh, we are going to um, we're gonna get to a trial. And Lord willing, we're going to sit there. We're going to have a trial on the merits. Yeah. One of the we're things. Have all these experts. We had Peggy Hall on last week. She was awesome. And uh, she presented in front of the uh, one of the San Diego Board of Supervisors talking about fraud. And fraud is against the law when you're a public, for a lot of reasons, but when you're a public official, is that something that's probably going to be turned up as you get this evidence that they knew the numbers, like the ones that you guys reported last time, only two of the 98 at that time were from COVID, not with COVID. Is that fraud argument going to be something that's going to be thought about or, or possibility? You know, it depends on what's uncovered. At this point in time, uh, what we have against the state and the county is basically 
the reliance upon bad information. We don't have evidence of, of fraud at this point in time. If, if we find it, I guarantee it, we're going we're gonna to amend our, our complaint. We're going to go after it. I can tell you in our upcoming lawsuit that we're going to have against LA Unified School District, um, we're going to be uncovering, uh, we're going to be going after the information between them and the union. Yep. I think that there's serious collusion, <clears throat> if not um, violations of what we call unfair business practices. And, and so we're going to be going after it there. And I think there's a lot of areas in this state right now where what we're going to find is that the actions taken were very political in nature. I don't know if we're going to be able to prove fraud, but, uh, you know, we're going to go after it hard. And uh, we just pray that you, at congregation, we ask that you guys pray for us, that uh, God allows this information to be revealed, even if it's by mistake on their part, but we need to get our hands on it. I wanted to, I'm, I'm looking on my phone because um, I received uh, from, from the county. Um, that 7,700 thing? Yeah, yeah, an FPPC enforcement referral from the county uh, to the FPPC because when I exited as the city councilman, when I resigned, and, and you, you have to fill out a Form 700 listing your assets. Right. When I resigned from the city council, and, and I don't have assets. I don't own any property. It's zero every time, and I submit it. I mean, it's, it's, it's clerical. And every time I try to go to the website, try to use a password, I can't get it. Every time I try to phone in to get the number, you just get in this loop where it's, it's impossible to fulfill this 700 form. And Anna Hall, the deputy clerk of the board, sends this referral, sending this FPPC complaint submission confirmation so that I will now be under FPPC, you know, uh, violation. It, it is a gimmick. Did, do they show the same intensity for Dr. Robert Levin, who has never declared his winery on his Form 700? No, they don't. This is... This is this is abuse of power. Mm -hmm. and, and you said something telling because three of the five supervisors are using data to legislate and use county taxpayer dollars to come after the citizenry. They use government in this capacity. And, and the, the citizens of this county, the 856,000 of us, need to look at them and say, this is not why we elected you. This is not what you do. You are not the king and the queen. You, you govern by our consent, and this is not why you've been given this authority to abuse the citizenry. And, and churches are... I, I love what Rynette Senum said, who stepped down from her position on the council up in Nevada City, California. She said, when did you know mm -hmm. what you know? Because when you got that data and you know those numbers and they're in front of you, why did you continue to do to us what you've been doing? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that's, that's going to come out. You're, we're looking at the data now and they're still trying to present it in any way, shape and form. So it, oh no, 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 no. But over here in this box here and color code and shift and, and all the attorney could say for the plaintiffs was, this is the law and you must honor the law. We're, we're yeah. in charge. Don't ask questions. Shut up and do as you're told. And, and give deference to county health officials. Yes. They're acting in your best interest. And, 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 and it been, isn't the law either. This they, is the law. It's not the law. Yeah. Yeah. And they have been placed there by elect, duly elected officials. Okay. Duly elected officials. And Dr. Robert Levin, who's not an elected official, who gets carte blanche, doesn't have to fill out a Form 7, or if he does, he doesn't get in, attacked by Anna, like, you know, I do, for simply resigning. And there's, th this is a clerical issue, but they're, and they'll fine, and they'll send me money, whatever it is, and then they'll bring it up if I run for election in a different office. Oh, he has an FPPC violation. They make running for office an illegal activity. Mm. And, and this is what they do when they hold the power. Yeah. And they're the elected officials, and they're going to be accountable for allowing Robert Levin to run amok. Yeah. 
And, um, you know, what, what's, what's most concerning these days is that when you look at government, the, the government bureaucracy exists to protect itself. It, it doesn't exist to protect the citizenry anymore. It's not there to protect us from Robert Levin's own violations, should he have them, of, of you know, FPPC violations. But, of course, they come after us. They come after you. They come after the church. They come after our liberties. That's the problem with, with the government today, where we just need this wholesale fundamental change. It's just shocking to see us in a position where we're at today, our, where, where, where it's so self-perpetuating, the government is. Our, our founders gave us a pressure release valve. When, when our elected officials overstep their authority and start to use government to suppress the citizenry, we the people, the authority in America, our founders gave us a pressure release valve. It's remarkable. It's called an election. And if every single person is not registered who is so frustrated by what you've heard on this live stream, and if you haven't found everyone you know, there's no reason why you shouldn't already be registered. But if you aren't, you need to be registered and you Amen. need to vote. Because there's going to be 50 million new ballots we now have uh, this, this um, I got to show this to you. Th this came out. This is, this is the latest um, fraud exposed undercover video shows ballot harvesting scheme in Minneapolis links to Omar. It's on Hannity and, and, and they, they've recorded it. My car is so full of ballots. I don't know what to do. There's going to be 50 million new ballots. They're going to try to take away the last vestige we have in our constitutional republic of a vote. That's why there is no room for you to be apathetic or inactive and to sit by the sidelines as though someone else is going to do it. You have a pressure release valve. If any of this frustrates you, quit complaining. Make sure you're registering yourself and everyone you know and vote. Vote them out of office. Vote with conviction and participate in the campaign of any official that is running for office that stands in opposition of, of, of this tyrannical authority in Sacramento and in Washington uh, for those who are in Congress that seek to you, you know, usurp the authority of we the people. Start participating in this gift we've been given by those who've gone before us. Pressure release valve. And when you think about people, church people who come and say, well, you know what? What's my one vote going to count? Ugh. How's it really going to make a difference? <laughs> yeah. And, and back, let's think about the Bush versus Gore election. It came down to one county in Florida. Uh, and remember the hanging chads? Yeah, the dimpled chad, the hanging chad, right. I don't remember the exact number that, 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 swayed that or, or that turned that county in favor of George Bush, but it was only by a two-digit number. It was, I want to say, 57 votes. I may be wrong, but it was came down to such a small number of votes that turned a nationwide election. I, I, I can add to that. I won my first position on the council by 52 votes. Yeah. Every vote counts. I, 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 you say that to me, and I hear those words come out of your mouth in my presence. Um, I, I'm going to ask, ask the Lord for forgiveness <coughs> by my frustration that I'm going to vent on you. Every <laughs> vote counts. Participate. Yeah. And, and be vigilant for those who seek to destroy an honest election. Yeah. If, if you know of anyone who's harvesting, if you know of anyone who's doing anything illegal, contact us. We'll put someone on it. We'll expose it. Shut it down. The integrity of America is critical. And if you are aware of any of it, or you know someone who's aware of any of it, stop it. 
and, and let that just resonate like a pebble in a pond and hit every nook and cranny and crevice of this nation. Somebody's connected to somebody else who knows what's going on. Just make sure that this is honest. And we can do that as yeah. the American people. You know, the other thing that you've talked about a lot of times before, people in the state of California get frustrated because, hey, my vote's not going to make a difference at the presidential level. You know, which we can argue that's not the case. But you look at all the down ballot school boards. Like you've talked about this a bunch of times. Those are all important races. In some cases, more important. Don't go for the the highest level. All those, all those down ballot things are really important. Every down ballot is critical. And and when you don't participate in a vote, you you think salvation is going to come on Air Force One? Today's dog catcher is tomorrow's Congress member. And, right. and there's 15,280,000 self-professing evangelical Christians in California. Half of them are not even registered to vote. And of the half that are registered to vote, only half of those vote in a presidential election, 12% in a non-presidential election. I don't want to yeah. hear it from Christians anymore who say, my vote doesn't... G- quit being apathetic and using what your eschatology or whatever to avoid making a difference. This is for generations to come, and you're sitting back saying, politics is dirty. So's the church. What, what's your point? Well, I'm tired of voting for the lesser of two evils. And, unless Jesus Christ is running for office, you're always voting for the lesser of two evils. Good government happens with good people. God commands us to participate. The word ecclesia means public square. That, that, and that's the word that was translated by King James for church. And the church is in four walls in a building with a cross on top. The church is in the public square making a difference with the gospel that the people will know the truth. The truth will set them free. If you don't get that at this point, and if you're not, if you're not moving for liberty, which is God's idea, not man's idea, this is an enormous problem. And I was up in Idaho. These are all folks that profess themselves to be conservatives and they don't vote. And, and the city of Coeur d'Alene and the city of Boise are all run by liberal politicians because conservatives went up there to build their compound and have their weapons and their canned goods and wait for the end of the world that they're self-professing instead of participating in a constitutional republic. Whoever taught them that theology, you need to stop that. And it's time that we get back to this gift we have of the greatest nation on the face of the earth and start exercising this ability to vote I had to get on that soapbox, Bob, sorry. <laughs> hey, well, you, you and I, you know, we all three of us agree. Boy, uh, I think we're all equally passionate about it. And I, I agree. I think that, you know, what, what, happens, what happened to Israel? Not, this, I'm not, I don't want to give replacement theology, but what happened to Israel when the people turned away from the Lord? What happened when they started looking for, uh, they, they, start, they wanted a king, Right? They wanted a king here on earth. They no longer wanted these honest judges. They wanted a king. And they start looking for things outside of what God's plan is. And, and you know, God allowed it to happen. And they allowed destruction. And I think so much, so much is to be learned from that for us Christians here in this nation, like you say, with millions upon millions of Christians who don't vote, yep. who don't have just a very most primitive understanding that they have some responsibility for where our nation is going to is going to lead don't complain if you're not willing to vote don't complain if you're not willing to get up and do something about it i'm just i'm astonished and and i think that you know when you look at the passion that that antifa and black lives matter have or or the radical socialists that are out there uh, in the Democrat Party, look how passionate they are. Yeah, where's the passion from the church? Where's the passion from these mega churches? You know, thank God for you and some of the other ones that are stepping out. But we should be having these pastors who are passionate about getting their congregation out to vote. Yeah, I, I, we're we're coming to the top of the hour, and I'll I'll, I'll add this last part. Um, we, we, we see a number of evangelical churches post black tiles for BLM, and, and I refuse to give them the moniker Black Lives Matter because Black Lives Matter, BLM is not about Black Lives Mattering. BLM is yeah. about Marxist ideology. And, and, and even if they did care about the black community, which they don't, they, they wouldn't partner with Planned Parenthood that's responsible for the evisceration and Holocaust of the black community. Yeah. Because 4% of the population... Uh, Black American females 
of childbearing years are responsible for 40% of the abortions because Margaret Sanger, who wanted to do away with, as, as she said, the inferior races, placing Planned Parenthood abortion clinics in the center of, of populated inner city regions to, to remove from her, what she said, these undesirables. Yeah. And it's a holocaust on the black community, and they're sponsored and supported by Planned Parenthood, and BLM supports them. That has nothing to do with black lives. It's the antithesis. Yeah. And, and now, and I want to speak to these folks who put that black tile up on their Instagram, and they did their, their virtue signaling out of fear, and they're calling themselves evangelical Christians. I want to say to you tonight, you have the opportunity to end abortion in America. One justice... Amy Coney Barrett, and, and the president is, is putting her forward, and all hell's going to break loose. And since 1973, 60 million babies have been eviscerated, wiped off the face of the earth. Here in California, where Calvary Chapel started, and there's, there's 350 Calvary Chapels south of Van Nuys. This is a Calvary Chapel sandbox. We've had 10,000% growth in California. We've avoided the public square. And California, since 1973, has aborted more children than the entire population of Canada. Yeah, wow. And, and now you get a chance, since 1973, abortion on demand, to turn the tide. Are you going to put something on your Instagram now? Are you going to post that? Are you going to push for this election? Or, or are you going to virtue signal so that you can keep people in your church by putting your finger in the air on what's popular and what's cultural and, and what's the latest craze and, and blow sunshine their way to get their tithe money? Or do you really believe in truth and life that, the, that a child has been fearfully and wonderfully made, knitted together in his mother's womb? Before you were born, I knew you, the scripture says. Do you hold to that? And Jesus was declared Jesus in the womb. John the Baptist was John the Baptist in the womb. He leapt in the womb when Mary came into presence of Elizabeth. I mean, good luck trying to say that God is for abortion. Mm -hmm. Now, Christians, are you going to vote? That's what I got to say. Amen. Amen. He's on, wow. he's on fire tonight because... Uh, he went to bang instead of his normal eight espressos. I, no, I had, I had four sips of a sugary thing, and trust me, it doesn't do it. We had fired uh, up for all the yeah. right reasons. Well, no, no, we have, we had, we have over 500 people watching right now, and people need to get out there, not only the vote, but there's so many different ways to get the message out there. In a live stream like tonight that we discussed about the the, uh, the, the different methods for getting out there and the need to vote needs to be shared with people. So if you can't talk to your neighbor, you can't talk to your friend about it, then find a live stream that resonates with you and send it and pass it on to them and let Rob do the talking to spread that message because we need to get it out there. So if you, you don't feel comfortable talking to your neighbor, let uh, Bob and Rob do the talking for the you. Bob and Rob Bauer. Yeah. I, I want to encourage one last thing, Rob. Yes, sir. And that is this. You know, there's a lot of people out there trying to tell you how to vote, congregation and friends here watching this stream. There's a lot of the Democrat Party is going to tell you how to vote. CNN is going to tell you how to vote. Fox News is going to tell you how to vote. But but there's only one source where you really need to be going to figure out how to vote. And that's what the Lord's telling you to do. And how do you figure that out? It's to simply look at what they stand for and match it up to scripture and, and, and vote yep. based upon that, not based upon what some organization is telling you. Yep. I, seek the Lord. Man, yeah. if we would do that, imagine how things would change. Good and, word. And, and to your point, which is a great one, this is the biggest difference ever probably in our history, this should be an easy one for you to be able to take the Bible and compare what the two sites stand for more than any time yeah. in history. So this is an easy one compared to some past elections. Yeah. True. Well, Bob, uh, get some rest. It's well-deserved. And I know you won't, you're going to go back to working on other cases, <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I, I don't do this for us. I, I never asked for a dime for us. I, I've never asked, I've never passed an offering bag. I've never talked about money unless as we're going through the Bible systematically, the text deals on it. 
And anyone who says I'm in this for money doesn't get it. They're, they just don't know what we do. And, and they're completely misinformed and inaccurate, completely inaccurate. But I will do this. I will advocate for folks like you. So if you're watching this live stream, the man you see, Bob Tyler, that this man is doing pro bono cases, not just for us, but up and down the state, Mike McClure. I mean, I can go on and on. And, and his entire staff is doing this. And this isn't free. He's putting his private practice on hold while he is doing this pro bono, but nothing is free. And if, you want, if you're compelled to support, and, and I would say this, people go, oh, I'm fighting for conservative causes and, and religious liberty because I watch Fox News and I bought a pillow from Mike Lindell. The, George Soros is spending $385 million this month alone in addition to the $19 billion he's already poured out. And you have a man on this screen who is advocating today along with Netta and, and, and Papillon. They were fighting fervently and articulately on behalf of religious liberty. And if you, if you feel compelled to support them, please do. And the way they do it, and let me see if I remember this, faith-freedom.com. Is that right? That's right. It's our website, faith-freedom.com. Yeah, faith I, don't send us anything. Send it to them. Faith-freedom.com. Now, granted, Pastor Tony's going to go nuts. I mean it, though. <laughs> Faith-freedom.com. Bless this organization. We're not the only ones they're supporting, and, and we do give to you. Faith-freedom.com, and, and up and down the state, they are contending for religious liberty. Please help my brother and this amazing ministry. Bob, I love you more than tongue can tell, <laughs> and you are my hero. And so I thank you. And get some rest because you deserve it. All right, brother? Thanks, guys. See you, man. Adios. I, uh, I know we're at the top of the hour. It was a blessing hearing yeah. Bob, you know, clarify all that took place today to, to, to see this man. But I don't, I, he's already spoken. Everyone understands that. I want to close the broadcast tonight to tell you that when I was traveling and doing all those things with Charlie and we have this, you know, the new pastor, Rick Brown, his wife, Tammy, and uh, you, you and Micah and the team filled in in my absence. I did get a chance to do a, li a live stream with <laughs> Charlie, but I just wanted to say thank you, David. And oh, especially with, with Rick and Tammy, I, I tuned in last night to watch that. I, 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 I was floored. I was yeah. choked up. Yeah. That, that live stream last night is, is going to minister to, to thousands of people across the country. Yeah. And that, and that in the course of all that's taking place with this little fellowship, and as God has blessed it, Rick and Tammy literally could pastor in any church in America and have been offered to pastor in churches across America, large, highly successful churches. But God called them here. Yeah. Not to even be the senior pastor, but to, to co-pastor with me to labor together so that, you know, we can fight this fight. Yeah. And I was envious that you sat in the seat to interview them. But <laughs> oh, I have to tell you, David, you did a great job. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I was blessed. Uh, it was uh, amazing to sit across from Rick and to see the tears of his wife and what she'd gone through. I, I know you guys probably can see that live stream. We had the cut off because we were running out of Kleenex. Yeah. And it was just amazing. I think the other thing is... What you're doing is incredible and have Rick and Tammy come alongside you to take advantage of the growth of what we've been able to do through what you're doing and then to take up a different segment of what we need in the church is going to be, is going to be incredible. So I, I appreciate that. Thank I will you. never leave this fellowship. I will always be the pastor of this church. Yep. I, yep. But the congregation deserves, if, if I'm to be busy doing it, you know, I'm, I'm here. I'm not going yeah. anywhere. Yep. But to have a consistent voice in that pulpit with Rick and what a treasure and Tammy too, the two of them together, uh, God has blessed us. So yeah. folks, thank you so much for all of your prayers. I, 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 David can testify, Bob's gone now, but I, I have a complete peace about everything and that's a result of you all praying. And I, I'm grateful for everything. Um, you, I, I look forward to meeting all of you. Some of you I haven't met, but I have to tell you, uh, my phone right now, 738 at last check, 738 <laughs> unanswered texts. They were flooding in today with prayers and, 
and, and encouragement. I won't be able to get back to all of you, the emails, the letters, and the correspondence. You are the most amazing human beings on the planet. And, and I, I am, I'm a blessed man to call you all friends. And some of you I've never had the privilege to meet. Mm. Uh, one in particular, and I close with this. I had the privilege to meet on Sunday, Pastor Paul Van Noy. Mm. Uh, when, when we'd had the last case and before I left the courthouse and arrived here, his church had paid our fine. Um, I called him and I, I felt as though he'd, I'd been separated from him at birth. He's 60 years old. I'm 56. And I got to meet him for the first time on Sunday and had a chance to preach in his church with Charlie Kirk. And I really felt because he wasn't there, he had recovered from COVID. He almost died. They gave him a 20% chance of living and he had had core morbidities. He doesn't have a spleen. He's got, you know, all kinds of, of, of concerns and he still wanted his people to be free. And, and he's, he's an amazing advocate for liberty and he loves God and he loves his, God's word and he's a great Bible teacher. And I, he didn't come to church, but I got to have lunch with him. And I, I, when I was coming up to the front door, I got chills because I really felt as though I'd taken a 23andMe DNA test and found out I had a brother in Coeur d'Alene <laughs> and it was the first time I got to meet him in 56 years. And the minute we saw each other, our hearts, as it were over the phone, we were knitted. And I, I wanted to say thank you tonight to Pastor Paul Van Noy and the congregation at Candlelight Fellowship in Coeur d'Alene and all the folks in Boise and uh, just remarkable. Keep praying for Charlie Kirk. Uh, he's burning the candle at both ends, but we are pushing for liberty. And keep it up, folks. You're amazing. God bless you and thank you for everything. And we'll see you tomorrow night. Good night, everyone. Uh, you, you can't. Oh, wait, come back. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> the Lord bless you and keep you. And may the Lord make his face to shine upon you. And may the Lord be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. I'd been gone so long I forgot. <laughs> can't, can't and and forgive me, I did give you a blessing, but... God's word is a greater blessing than anything that would ever leave my lips. So God bless you all. Lord, thank you for all who have been so faithful. Bless them as they blessed us in Jesus' name. Amen. Good night, everybody.